Hello, RV Renovation Nation, and welcome to the New Look RV Renovation Podcast. Where we want to empower and entertain RV renovators with relevant information, ideas, and stories. Airstreams have such a mystique and are sought after by so many. Miranda from Tennis Stream first renovated an Airstream to travel in with her family following a big life event. A love for full-time travel and Airstreams grew from there and Miranda set off on an inspirational journey of renovating Airstreams as a business. Miranda's story is so beautiful. You may even want to get a box of tissues ready. We are so excited to share her story with you and all of her Airstream renovation tips. So without further ado, here's our chat with Miranda. Hello, Miranda. Thanks for Hi, Miranda. Uh, taking the Hi. time to talk with us and share your story with, with us in the audience. We really appreciate it. And we're so excited to hear it all. Uh, we'd really like to deep dive on Airstream remodels with you, but first we'd love to hear more about your backstory. Hi, I'm Miranda from um, now my new business is Tennis Stream Renovation. I'm going to start from the very beginning, um, really from my childhood, because I want to Kind of explain two things. Number one, I had absolutely no experience in renovating RVs or Airstreams or renovating anything. <laughs> and number two, I have really been tested mentally and physically many times in my life. And I failed many times. And I really, I just get myself back up and, and try again. You just have to have the courage to um, believe in yourself. So right. Yes, definitely. And try new things. So I grew up um, uh, pretty poor, like my mom was a single parent. We didn't go camping. I'd never even been in an RV before. I remember playing like in the creek. I used to chase around minnows with little like yogurt cups and I'd pick potato bugs off of plants and like study them for hours. And yeah. um, <laughs> so I spent a lot of time outside despite not having any camping experience. I spent a lot of time playing outdoors and I really valued my childhood playing outside. So um, I guess I always dreamed even though I didn't have any adventures of like traveling or camping or adventuring, I always dreamed of having that, that life. So fast forward to college, I went to school for our education. I was a division one runner. I was a distance runner and I was on scholarship for indoor and outdoor track and cross country running. Wow, where'd you go to school? The University of Maine in nice. Orno. Wow. <laughs> go Black Bears. I'm telling you this because it, it, it was a really difficult time in my life because I was walk so I was in the best shape of my life. I had been training really hard and I was our number two runner on the team. And two days before our championship race, I was hit by a car as a pedestrian. Oh, no. And I was just walking in a crosswalk from the parking lot to the dorm. And both my roommate and I were hit. I broke both my legs and my pelvis. Oh, my, my gosh. Also wow. broke her pelvis. It was terrible, uh, of course. Um, I remember just laying in the road screaming. It was horrific and painful. It was a long recovery. But um, I was just grateful to be alive. Um, but my running career was over. <laughs> I, um, I did eventually run again, but I just never got back to that same level. Um, I still have pain um, in my left leg and in my pelvis um, that affects me every day. <laughs> Can't believe that. Wow. What year, what year in school were you? It was in 2001. Were you so. a sophomore or junior? No, nope, I was a freshman. Okay. So it was real yep. early on. Wow. 
Yes. So I graduated uh, four, five years later. I kind of took a year to recover and um, reduce my classes after I got hit by the car. But um, I graduated college. I had a degree in art education. But while I was student teaching, I had sort of a bad experience. <laughs> um, I had a girl tell me that she was going to slit my throat and <laughs> like just a, a high school kid. Wow. And starting pay for a teacher in the state of Maine was $19,000 at the time. And I was making more money than that working part time in a bank. So when I graduated, I decided not to become a teacher. And um, I started my career with, uh, with a bank. So shortly after I graduated, the bank I worked for was acquired by a very large bank. And they sent me on a business trip to Virginia. And that's where I met my husband. So we lived in Virginia for about a year. And then my husband was in the military. He got out of the military and we moved to Florida. So I had always dreamed of living in Florida, somewhere warm and tropical. And my husband's originally from Florida. So, um, so that just kind of gives you a background, you know, no camping, no RV life. Um, I had a degree in art education and then I worked in a bank. <laughs> plenty of challenges. Yeah. So then um, it was really, we were just living the American dream. We bought, you know, what some may call the American dream. We bought a house. We worked nine to five jobs. Um, but we found we, at the end of the day, we, we didn't see our kids all day long. And we came home from work exhausted. And it was dark. And we had to make dinner and do laundry and homework. And it was just the same routine. And I felt like I was not spending any time with my kids. And I was really sad about it. My kids were growing up fast. Um, I also started the photography business. And so in the beginning, I was working a nine to five job, I would come home, take care of my kids, get them to bed, and then I'd work on the business until like two or three in the morning. And it was like that for two years, you know, the weekends, I was shooting weddings and family sessions. And, um, you know, I, I guess I really wanted to give my kids something better than what I had. Um, and I didn't feel like I was really making memories with them or spending any time with them. So, Cause you were so busy trying to work a job and balance a business, grow a business yeah, from right. scratch. Right. And, and we hear you there. I mean, we definitely, I mean, that portion of the story we can totally relate to because there was a point in time when we were full-time, you know, in other careers or jobs and, trying to grow a business, but we didn't have the kids, you know, that portion. I can just imagine like sprinkling that in. It's a lot. They were babies when I was starting that business. So it was, it was crazy. My husband was working a full-time job and also going to school. <laughs> we just had so much on our plate. It was, it was a hard time. And then I had three, there were three major life events that happened to me that really made me just reevaluate my life goals. The first was I was diagnosed with cervical cancer. Um, it just, you know, I don't want to say it was a blessing because, you know, it's never really good, but um, it really did give me the chance to reevaluate my priorities and um, my family and my career. And it changed my life for the better. It made me appreciate the time that I have. And made how me old are you at this point? I'm, I'm going to be 38 this year. Okay. But at, at the point when in your story right now, um, I was 34. Um, and so upon like diagnosis, did you really start reevaluating life? 
we were already feeling like we wanted to do something else with our lives. We just weren't really sure what we wanted to do. And then I had the diagnosis of cancer. And then um, shortly thereafter, Hurricane Irma hit. And, um, you know, it was the strongest observed hurricane to ever hit the Atlantic. And it was plowing straight for Southwest Florida. So um, I'll never forget those days leading up to it and, you know, the anxiety of potentially losing everything. But I remember the moment getting into the car with, you know, we just had a few like of our most prized, like childhood possessions and my external hard drives with clients' weddings and my dog and my husband and my kids. And we got into the car and we drove away. And it was kind of like this movie scene where I like turned around and I saw the house like getting smaller in the distance. And it was like, none of that stuff matters. You know, everything that's important to me in life is right here in this car with me right now. I get emotional every time I, <laughs> every time I talk about this. Um, it's like, none of the house mattered, none of the stuff. We had spent our whole lives working so hard for all of these things that we put in our house. And it's just stuff. Like, why? <laughs> what, what's the point? Um, you know, is the American dream? I think that's something that, like, a lot of us are told, you know, that message. But, I mean, you were literally put in a position where you were forced to, like, physically understand you know like there's the stuff here's the things that matter I mean wow yeah I mean is the American dream working every day for the rest of your life so you can buy a house and some bunch of stuff that's really what we decided we decided we didn't we didn't want it to be like that my you know my children were now nine and ten years old and I realized if I was going to make these memories and adventure with them, um, now is the time. I only had a couple more years left before they're teenagers. And I knew when they were teenagers, they're not really gonna wanna spend a lot of time with mom and dad. <laughs> so I really felt like we, we had to make the decision um, to, to do something different. So then um, I was sitting on the couch one day with my husband and he, he always wanted an RV. Ever since the day I met him, he wanted an RV and I always was like, no, I don't think so. Well, he was scrolling through like a bunch of ads on rvtrader.com and there was an Airstream. And I said, okay, if we ever buy an RV, it's gotta be an Airstream. <laughs> and he looked at me and he smiled. He said, okay. <laughs> so the next day we went to um, an Airstream dealership and I fell in love. I had never been inside of one. I just, it wasn't what I expected. It was, it just, it evoked something in me. Um, we, we bought one that day. We bought a 16 foot um, Airstream, brand new. It was a 2018 and we went camping for, for Christmas. So it was the first time I'd ever really been camping and we had the best time of our lives. It was an amazing experience. We um, and it was on that trip that we met a family that was living there that was a full-time RV family. And I was just, I was fascinated with the idea. I'd never really thought about it. I never even really thought about camping, let alone living and traveling full-time. I'm the kind of person that if I get an idea in my head that I want to do something, I'm going to do it. 
like, I'm like, I want to do this. So, so we bought the Airstream in December for Christmas. And by Valentine's Day, we sold the 16 foot and we bought a 25 foot and started preparing to go full-time, full-time RV. That's awesome. <laughs> was that one new also? No, no. So my husband wanted to buy new. We, well, two things. Number one, we couldn't afford new because they're, you know, $100,000 plus for a brand new Airstream. And number two, I really wanted to design my own interior. I wasn't really intrigued with any of the layouts and um, design of any of the new Airstreams at the time. So, um, so we found a 25 foot um, 1997 Airstream on um, Craigslist. <laughs> and we drove to Tampa, we bought it, and we thought maybe it would need like a coat of paint and a new air conditioner. <laughs> like no big deal. Yeah, no. Um, we thought it would probably take like a month to renovate, to do like some really basic things. And um, it took us eight months. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And that's like eight months of working full time. Like it was, it was a huge project. Every single layer that we removed, it was like another layer of some, some other problem. And we really wanted to do it the right way. We didn't want to just kind of cover things up and not worry about it because we knew we were going to live in it. We knew we wanted to go to places, you know, that were, you know, not necessarily always accessible, easily accessible for RVs. So, um, so it took us a long time. Did your husband have some kind of construction background or done projects? No. No, he, um, I, I will say that he's a really good problem solver. He knows how to just naturally fix things. Um, I was not really necessarily born with that gift. Um, so we did the first, the first renovation together. Um, he did have some knowledge of 12 volt systems because he grew up in Florida on a lot of boats and fixing boat related issues. So he did have that, um, little bit of electrical knowledge, but other than that, no, he, um, he works in the oil industry. So, and he was also in navigation in the Navy. So was this a lot of like research I'm assuming and. Yeah. Yeah. Every day we were watching YouTube videos. We were on airstreamforums.com, just reading and just trying to learn as much as we could. Right after we bought it, we took the Airstream on a camping trip to, uh, to Key West. And it was just an opportunity for us to get away and test everything. And it was an amazing trip. It was a beautiful campground that we stayed in, but um, we almost lost the awning on the seven mile bridge. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> uh, it almost came off and um, all of our plumbing just completely fell apart. Like we turned on the water and it just started pouring out the bottom of the airstream. <laughs> oh no. Like it, someone at some point had replaced some of the PEX plumbing, but they had used, it wasn't really PEX. It was some other kind of like plastic material and it was like really brittle and it just broke apart. Because <laughs> for us, we are, we're in a cold climate. So we have to worry about winterizing and, you know, pipe, the PEX pipes can break over the winter yeah. if, if you don't do that properly. But for you, you would think you'd be a-okay, but it was just that the improper materials. Exactly. Yeah. And time, improper materials and time. We don't have to winterize here in Southwest Florida because it never freezes. <laughs> 
That's what Texas but, thought too. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Um, but I should mention, I never had any experience renovating anything. Um, I remember in college hanging curtains in my bedroom and I just took a screwdriver in like a screw and I just jammed that screw right into the drywall. Like I had no, <laughs> I didn't even know how to use a drill. Like that's how little I knew about anything construction or renovation. <laughs> but you're a quick learner. It seems like. Well, I guess <laughs> really, it's really, my heart is in it. That's really what it is. Like, I really, I love it. I love, um, I love the process. Um, I, there's some kind of satisfaction that I feel in making something old look new and it's physically it's like to see the process and the change. It's really rewarding. So I'll go back to the process and what we did to the, the first Airstream. So we demo the interior. The previous owner had put an air conditioner into like, just like a window, like a residential window air conditioner in the back of the Airstream but they put the drain into the belly pan so that the, the drain was just dripping into like the frame basically and just sitting there for, I don't know how long, a few years. So, <laughs> so we removed the, um, the subfloor and discovered that the frame, despite it only being 20 years old was in really rough shape. <laughs> so we had to repair the frame um, we put on new wheels, we did new brakes, we replaced the subfloor, we fabricated new um, interior aluminum end caps because the original ones had some fiberglass and they had these giant, really old, ugly cabinets on the end caps. So when we removed those, there was nothing there other than insulation. So we replaced insulation, we resealed from the interior, fabricated new end caps, we updated electrical, um, all new plumbing, a new pump, new gas lines, um, new water heater. <laughs> we, um, we did a regular residential refrigerator. We had a lot of problems with um, the other, the first Airstream we had, even though it was brand new, the, the RV refrigerator had tons of problems. So we just got a residential refrigerator. It was less money. It was larger in size. And we were planning at that time to mostly be hooked up. So we didn't really see the need to spend more money and get, get an RV fridge. Um, we hired out all of the woodworking, all of the, we had all new cabinets, custom built and all new furniture. Did you change the layout then? Slightly, yes. We, we kept the kitchen and the bathroom in the same place so that we didn't have to move the tanks. Um, but the back was previously two single beds and we did like an L-shaped seating area on the left in the back and we did bunk beds on the right. So it was a unique design. No one else really had it. We just came up with that design just because it suited our needs. Um, and then of course there was the design and flooring and painting and tile. Um, we did tile in the bathroom. Um, we made curtains, covered cushions, put solar panels on, <laughs> resealed the exterior, updated, you know, windows. It was a long process. <laughs> That's why it took eight months. Yes. That's a lot. Yes. And Pretty goal... much rebuilt the entire. Yeah, it sounds like it. And was the goal that you're moving towards full-time travel? Yes. Yep. 
So our goal was to travel full time. So at this point, are you like listing your house for sale or did you guys hold up once you realized the Airstream was a little bit of a project? We knew that we wanted to travel full time. We were still undecided if we were going to sell the house or rent the house. And we kind of went back and forth and weighing all the positives and negatives of each one. And um, there was another life event that happened that I didn't tell you about. (laughs) The third life event, the first one was cancer. The second one was Irma. The third one was, um, so we lived on this road that when we bought the house was a quiet road. But after living there for 10 years, we learned that people drove really fast down our road. And it was always scary to let our kids yeah. you know, ride their bikes or it, like there were like always little tadpoles in our yard that we would search for. And I was always afraid to let my kids play outside in the road because it was such a busy road and people, it was only 30 miles an hour, but people would go literally 80 miles an hour down our road. Jeez. So it's like a short <laughs> shortcut or something to cut across. It was just kind of the connecting road to all of the other like residential roads and there were no stop signs or speed bumps or anything. So it's, and so it happened. But anyway, so I'm outside one day. Um, I was actually changing out the flag, I think, but I'm in my front yard. And um, this person comes like flying down the road, completely loses control. And his vehicle just flips like right in my front yard. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that that's our answer. Like, this is not the place that I want my kids to be collecting tadpoles. <laughs> um, you know, we, it just helped us make the decision that we just decided to sell the house. Wow. Yeah. I would take that as a sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how quick of a process was it for you guys to, to do that? I mean, so you'd put things in storage, get rid of things. Yeah. It was a long, yeah, it was a very long process. Um, our house sold really fast. It was on the market for 24 hours. We had three offers within 24 hours. It was a really good market. We'd taken really good care of our house and we were selling it for a great price. So it just, it sold really, really fast. I will say though, before we went, before we sold the house or made the decision to, we, we went on a little test run. Like, let's, let's see how this goes before we go full time let's see how it goes. So this was in the middle of renovation. So we had nothing. The interior was completely demoed. There was nothing in it. So it was just a plywood floor. And I think we still had this kitchen sink hooked up. That was it. We had a kitchen sink and a plywood floor and we put foam mattresses on the floor with some sleeping bags and we drove to Utah. Oh wow! <laughs> so, <laughs> so this was awesome. like July <laughs> Um, we did like, it was our test run and we did all the five national parks. So we went to Zion, Capitol Reef, Bryce, Arches and Canyonlands. And we had a blast. We had a really great time. Well, and if you made it work with those conditions, (laughs) having all those amenities, you'd feel spoiled after that. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we came back from the trip. We're like, okay. Then I had this situation where the, the car accident happened. We put our house for sale. I sold a lot of stuff. I donated a lot of stuff. Um, we put, we had a 10 by 10 storage unit that I filled to the top with just like I had my childhood bed that I like the bed frame that I had when I was a little girl. Like I didn't want to part with that. And, you know, like this painting that my grandfather made when he was eight years old, just 
certain things that were important to me that I wanted to keep that went into storage, but we got rid of a lot. <laughs> An entire, you know, 2000 square foot house just got rid of the stuff, which felt amazing. So sold the house. And I thought I was going to feel sad, you know, leaving the house that we grew up, my kids grew up in, you know, my, my babies were raised in, but, um, but I didn't, it was the most, it was the best day of my life. I, it felt freeing. I paid off, we paid off a lot of debt. So it was freeing financially. Um, it was freeing to not have the burden of a house and all the stuff. Um, it was free. That's amazing. <laughs> and so this time when you pulled away and you got to see the house in the, the rear view mirror, it felt, it felt probably felt a lot better than <laughs> peace out. Let's right. adventure. I was ready. I was excited. Um, so we actually moved to Fort Lauderdale for the first four months because my husband wanted to progress in his career in order to do that. He needed to take some classes. So, um, he took several bunch of classes at uh, the Mar maritime professional training in Fort Lauderdale. So we lived in Fort Lauderdale in Markham park for about four months. And while we were there, I decided I wanted to renovate another Airstream. <laughs> and are you living in your Airstream at this point? Yeah. So we're living in a campground. We had all of the tools are in storage on the other coast. So like two and a half hours away. Um, my husband was a hundred percent occupied with school. Like yeah. School required a hundred percent of his focus. There were really difficult classes. So he wasn't able to help me. He also said he was never going to renovate an airstream. <laughs> he had enough. <laughs> After we finished the first one. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. So I started searching for airstreams and I found one in Jacksonville that had already had like a lot of the major stuff done. So they had already replaced the subfloor and replaced the plumbing and um, they did some electrical updates and um, they did a lot of the foundational stuff that you need to do renovating but it looked terrible. <laughs> Just aesthetically, it was really ugly. They had like replaced the cabinets on the left side in the kitchen, but not the right side. They left the original cabinets on the right side. So it was just, you know, um, I will also say that just adding white paint in the interior of a 1970 Airstream makes a huge difference. That's the secret to any of these RV renovations, I feel like. White paint yeah. goes a long way. Because they're all generally just so dark and with small spaces, dark colors, you know, they yeah. just feel like it's closing in around you, so. Yeah, and Airstreams are small, smaller than most RVs because they don't have the pullouts, so they tend to feel smaller. They don't, you know, you lose a little bit of space with the curvature since it's not a square, it's curved on the edges um and they're yellow too uh, in the 1970 airstreams 60s 70s they had solitone paint i think they were originally probably a light like nice white color but over time they fade to this ugly yellow color so um so anyway so you buy this airstream i bought this 31 foot 1973 airstream that had some renovations completed um, I towed it from Jacksonville to um, Fort Lauderdale. Which is a good I, trip, right? I mean, I, I don't know Florida great, but I know that one's up here and one's down there. So Yes. Yeah. 
So um, I was actually my husband that towed this time because I still wasn't really towing at this point. I was still afraid to tow. We'll get to, we'll get to that a little bit more later. Um, but I parked it. I was able to rent a campground space right next to the one that we were staying in. So it was my my camp space, and then there was another space right behind ours that was open. So I parked it in there, and I just started working on it every day. And this is a business venture at this point, right? Like you're not thinking about moving into a different one or was this for you personally or what was the thought? We considered moving into it potentially because it had more space. The first one we renovated was 25 foot. This one had 31 foot. After getting started with it, we decided, you know, we were more comfortable traveling. Since we didn't do the, the foundational work, there was still like a piece of it that we we didn't really know the quality of the work necessarily. So we just felt more comfortable being in the one that we spent eight months on because we knew foundationally we did everything the way it was supposed to be done. So we started renovating this one. I sealed the exterior. I painted. I had cabinets on the right side of the Airstream made to match the left side, put in a new refrigerator, um, put in new flooring. Did you do the residential fridge again? Do you find, um, was there any kind of like a balance issue with that, with the residential fridge? Is I mean, is that quite nope. a bit heavier? Okay. No, it's actually quite a bit lighter. Is it? Oh, wow. It's not like a, a huge, you know, it's not like a huge one. And we're talking like, uh, the one in the 73 was a little bit bigger than like a dorm size fridge. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So the weight's substantially less than an RV refrigerator, mm-hmm. actually. I was picturing like a kitchen for residential fridge, like a big... 20 cubic square foot or something, but <laughs> yeah, no, 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 a little fridge. Um, so I did all of that. It took about six weeks to finish that renovation. Um, that's pretty quick. Yeah. I didn't have it in the campground very long because it was, it was a really expensive campground. Everything in South Florida is expensive in the winter time. So um, I found another place that was like a privately, it was like a private lot with horses on it. I think it was somebody advertising on Craigslist and they let me park the Airstream on the land and finish the renovation there without any power. I was just like sealing and just doing the last details, but it was hot. It was like 95 degrees and I'm like trying to sit inside this trailer renovating. Oh, I had to break the windows too. I just remembered there's double pane windows on some of the seventies models, Airstreams. And over time there's condensation that goes, that ends up in between the two windows and it just looks terrible. You can, you can't even see out of the window because it's just so foggy. Mm -hmm. And um, so one way to fix that is to either a remove all of the rivets around the window and take it all apart and buy a new um, rubber piece that goes in the middle and reseal it that way. Or you can just break the interior pane of glass. And so I chose to do it that way. (laughs) So here I am like sitting in like 95 degree weather, like breaking glass on the inside airstream it was crazy so what's the process for that do you literally like chisel hammer and out or mm-hmm. yeah yeah I took like a little I think it was a uh, like an ice pick or something and mm-hmm. I just like hammered on the back of it for it took a long time I to bet. break it it was a good like 
probably because my husband was like videotaping me breaking it <laughs> and it took like a good 10 minutes before it actually broke oh, wow. and, and you got to be nervous to not like go through right. two panes at once exactly be... yeah because then I have to replace the entire window which is really expensive like one curved window is probably like a thousand dollars and they're hard to find oh my gosh <laughs> Have you had to deal with uh, some of that exterior metal work, like removing dents or patches or any of that, any of that sort yeah. of stuff? I have not yet removed any um, exterior. It's pretty common to have um, dents. They dent pretty easily. If you run into anything, it's going to leave a pretty significant dent in the exterior since it's all made out of aluminum. But um, but no, that's actually one thing that I that I'm looking for when I'm going to purchase an Airstream. I'm looking for one that doesn't have any dents, because I'm I'm not really willing to take that on at this point in time. Yeah, because I've seen ones um, online where there's just all kinds of patches all over the place, and I've heard some people talk about the right way and the wrong way to do that, and it just seems like it seems like a, it's a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. it's yeah. it's yeah. we we've largely just done travel trailers at this point. And that's not something that we're we're dealing with with those sorts of units. So just curious. Yeah. yeah. So I guess I can fast forward to, so we finished traveling. We had achieved our goal of traveling for a year. So we decided to go back to being normal people again. Um, our kids wanted to go back to uh, in-person school um, after doing virtual, we did virtual, we did Florida virtual school while we were traveling full time. And to be honest, I'm not designed to be a homeschool mom. <laughs> I hear you. My, <laughs> my kids um, did not like virtual school. So we made the decision to um, sell the Airstream, the 1997, our first renovation, and um, move back into a house. So, so we picked Knoxville, Tennessee, kind of on a whim. Um, I have some family in Tennessee, but we'd never been to Knoxville. Um, they had a good, several good school systems. It's close to Smoky Mountain National Park. Um, we liked that it still had seasons, but not really cold winters. So there was, a, you know, just a lot of reasons we picked the area, but we'd never been there. We rented a house without seeing it. I just found it online. It was like, yep, that looks good. <laughs> so I rented it. Um, and then, um, you know. 2020 was a trying year for, for a lot of people. COVID hit. And is that about when you got to Knoxville was like 2020? Um, it was the end of 2019. So okay. we sold the Airstream. We settled in to, well, we tried to settle in to being normal people. Mm -hmm. and, um, is there such a thing? <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly, I felt, I felt like a fraud. Like I felt like I had spent all of this time promoting full-time RV travel life. And, you know, I had published these posts every day about ditching the traditional lifestyle and living the full-time travel life. And we made all these incredible memories with our kids that I cherish forever. And then we had the best year of our lives. And then we just went back to the same lifestyle. So. <laughs> so you felt like a fraud because you came back? Yeah, I, I knew that the right thing logically was for our kids to go back to school. Mm -hmm. um, they needed the socialization and they wanted to, you know, have other kids to talk to and eat lunch with and a teacher. 
but I still regretted the decision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, COVID hit. And um, of course, school was canceled for the rest of the year. Um, so that was really depressing for me. Um, you know, the entire reason that we stopped traveling was so my kids could go to school and then they couldn't go to school. <laughs> and, you know, I was a wedding photographer and I used to shoot around 40 weddings a year. And I had three, I ended up having three weddings. I went from 40 weddings to three. So I lost a lot of my income and I had a family member die, not COVID related, but family member died and we had a pet die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a, a bitter falling out with a really good friend. Um, and I was really depressed. I was very depressed. And you're in a new place where you're not, I mean, not yeah. still learning your surroundings and the community and all of a sudden you can't talk to anybody or see anybody there. Huh? That's gotta be rough. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know anyone there. I wasn't able to meet anyone because of the restrictions. So, um, so it was a struggle. All of 2020 was, was a big struggle. Like it was for many, many Americans and I guess people around the the world. Um, I knew I had a deep and powerful desire to renovate Airstreams, but, um, both, my spouse and I were really scared to take on any financial risks. Um, I was afraid I didn't have the skill set by myself. Of course, you know, I'd never, I did two renovations, but making it into like a full-time business is a whole different story. Um, I was afraid, I guess I was just afraid of being uncomfortable. But that experience of uh, having started your own photography business and doing that, I mean, that had to have given you some some bit of confidence because you'd already taken something yeah. that, I mean, obviously photography was new to you at some point and you yeah. had, you know, built that and doing 40 weddings a year is a lot. I mean, that's, that's busy mm-hmm. for yeah. a single, you know, if you're just a, a single photographer, you know, without multiple, yeah. multiple photographers working under you. So I knew in my heart I could do it, but I was scared and I spent most of last year, just sad. (laughs) I, you know, I was setting limitations on what I wanted to be and I was making excuses and I was really unhappy. So what turned the corner for you then? Where, where's the pivot point? I'm not really sure. I don't think it was a specific situation or an event. It was just, I woke up one day and I just said, I don't want to wallow in my self-pity anymore. I need to improve my situation. I know what I want to do with my life. I know I want to renovate Airstreams. That's really like what my calling is, what I feel like I want to do. And I just said, I don't care that (laughs) I don't have a hundred percent of the skill set. I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out. So, um, so I created a business name. I created tennis stream renovations. So Tennessee and Airstream is tennis stream. And the state of Tennessee kind of looks like an Airstream. So half of the logo is an Airstream and the other half is the rest of the state of Tennessee. That's creative. Yeah. And I thought I could just um, really influence other people and help other people adventure and experience experience that lifestyle. So I think we missed um, what happened to the to Airstream number two. I don't know if we even covered, you were, you were yeah. working on it and then... 
Where'd it go? Yes. <laughs> so, um, so I finished the renovation and then um, it sat in that lot for probably three or four weeks and then someone bought it. I sold it. So I flipped it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You had to feel really proud at that point that, I mean, you, you basically did that all on your own, right? Yeah, I did 100%. 100% of that renovation I did by myself. So That's it did. Awesome. It felt really good. <laughs> So, um, are you with, uh, with tennis stream, is that taking place out of your home? Are you doing this somewhere else? Like how, how are you setting that up? I am, I'm renovating out of my driveway right now. Um, we were sure actually part of the reason we picked Knoxville, Tennessee is because there are no restrictions on having an RV in your driveway, unless you're in like a gated community, of course, but from the city itself, there are no restrictions. So so I drove to, in December, I drove to Chicago and um, found a 1970 Airstream and towed it home. And I started renovating right away. Started demo all by myself. You know, my husband is in the oil industry, like I said, so he does 21 days on, 21 days off. So he's out working in the oil industry out in the Gulf of Mexico. And I am just by myself in Knoxville, Tennessee, renovating Airstreams. Um, That's awesome. And momming, of course. Yeah. And mommy. Yeah. Trying to keep my house together. I have multiple dogs. I bought several dogs in <laughs> 2020. Many? Clearly, clearly lost my mind. <laughs> I have four dogs. It's <laughs> oh. <laughs> a lot of responsibilities. Yeah. But this is really cool. I have to share this experience. So, um, so after I bought the 1970 Airstream, I brought it home. So this is my third Airstream. A few days later, um, I got a message on Instagram from a follower. She lives in Oregon. And she asked me if I would renovate, if I would do a custom build on an Airstream identical to our first renovation. Um, with that, with that L-shaped bed cut and the, in the bunks yes, and stuff. Yes, the, the bunk back, beds, yeah. the L-shaped seating area kitchen, bathroom in the center, and then a, a bed, a full-size bed in the front. So we um, spent quite a bit of time working out all the details. I agreed to do the renovation and she started searching all of the United States for an Airstream that she was going to buy for me to renovate. And of all places, she found an Airstream in Cape Coral, Florida. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, where we did our first renovation. Yeah. So it all comes full circle. It turns out that this Airstream was only five minutes from the contractor that built our interior, that did the cabinetry and built the entire layout that we designed. So no matter how impossible something may seem, if it's meant to be, it will be. Yes, we believe that too. So is that what you're doing in Florida right now? Yeah, so the contractor has been working on this Airstream. It's a, I believe, 1963. He's been working on it, building the, um, the bunk beds and the seating area and the cabinets in the kitchen for the past four weeks, approximately. And he is nearing completion, so I'm ready to take over in just a couple days. And uh, today I was working on getting the foam cushions and the fabric 
to bring to the upholstery company to have them covered and I'll begin painting and adding shelves and light fixtures and got to put the floor in and get the bathroom tiled. So all the fun, all the fun. Right. So you're just days away from being done. <laughs> so are you going to do this whole, re- this whole <laughs> renovation in Florida or are you going to bring it back home to do the rest of it? The client that's from Oregon, she would prefer to pick it up in Florida because they have to be here for their work. And so it, everything all just kind of fell together with this. It's, you know, I think when you, when you start renovating or you start a new business, it's like you're starting this 2000 piece puzzle. It's like, there's all these puzzle pieces that have to come together and it's a huge goal. And then you just kind of have to break it down into these little smaller pieces. So the end of one day, I might only have like three puzzle pieces together, but, (laughs) but I know that I made progress and I can see a little bit of the progress and eventually all of that puzzle comes together. Right. That, and that's the way you got to look at it. And it's, you know, all these experiences you've had, like over the years from being, you know, an elite runner to, you know, running your own business to dealing with kind of these personal hurdles. You know, I think that kind of just reinforces that whole idea that you got to take it a piece at a time and eventually get it all put together. Right. Yes. So have you guys ever, um, been in an airstream or do you have any experience with them not much at all i mean we've admired them you know from the outside and i guess that that would be something i'd pose back to you like can you explain a little bit of like the mystique or like why i mean i i think everybody you know can identify if if you said hey what's a vintage camper look like i bet you know most people like in their mind pop something like an airstream like what do you think it is about airstreams that have like you know this fandom and this they just resonate you know with uh in culture yeah, they're well, they're definitely unique from any other camper. Of course, they're made out of the shiny aluminum. Um, they're an iconic symbol of, you know, they're made in the United States. They were started by Wally Byam in the 1930s. They withstood the depression and so many hard circumstances over the years where all of these other travel trailer companies died off. Um, Airstream stood the test of time. Um, I think that they're a better quality. They're made of aircraft quality aluminum. Um, 60 to it's said that 60 to 70 percent of airstreams are still around. They're still on the road today, which is pretty impressive. I mean, That's very impressive. there's not many like other brands of any other RVs that are 50 years old that are still right. <laughs> 50, 60, 70 years old that are still on the road today. Um, the other good thing that I really like about airstream is they keep their value. Um, you know, they don't depreciate in value like many other RVs. So mm-hmm. if you, you know, go out and buy an Airstream and drive it off the lot and decide the next day you want to sell it, you're going to get back 100% of your money, if not more, <laughs> since COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the only negative that I have about Airstream is they don't have as much space. So if okay. you're looking for, you know, if you have a large family and you you're really looking to have more interior room and space for your family. I probably wouldn't choose Airstream. There's no slide outs. Slide outs can be their own problem though. Yeah, they add space, but they also just add a weak point. And that's where you see a lot of yeah. you know additional water damage and rotting and that sort of thing. But true. Yeah, there was a period there was like one or two years that they tested that they tried the Airstream tried slide outs, but 
they discontinued them. I think it was like 2003, maybe. They tried them. So there are a couple, couple, a couple out there. Out there slide like out. Slide out are those sought after? Are they like unicorns? I don't know. I think, like you said, that there's a lot of issues with slide outs. So not necessarily. Um, for us, we didn't really care about the, the small space because we really wanted to make sure we were outside and spending time, you know, adventuring with the kids. We didn't want to be stuck inside mm-hmm. on electronics and, you know, we didn't really care about having a ton of interior space. So. Yeah, that makes sense. What do you think the demographic is of people that travel in Airstreams, either like your clients that you've renovated Airstreams for or just people you've seen out and about? Is it kind of like, are they first time campers? You know, like the people that you've sold to at this point? So all of the Airstreams I've sold have been to younger families. However, when we're in campgrounds, all of the people that I've met in campgrounds are typically um, a little bit older. So I'm not really sure what the, what the numbers say when you get down to the, yeah. to the details. Everyone like, loves know. Airstream. <laughs> well, and I think there's a big shuffling happen, happening yeah. just with camping because I think traditionally there are a lot of people who retire, you know, and they, they full-time RV or live, you know, live that way. And like now there's a lot of younger people who have come onto that, that lifestyle, you know, YouTube probably to thank largely, you know, for that and Instagram and, you know, from the van, van life infusion to, COVID hitting, everybody getting outdoors. It's just really, I think it's really kind of mixing up, mixing up who's out there and who's, who's getting out and seeing things and traveling. So, um, bouncing back to like a renovation question, have you, uh, had to do like any sort of like exterior polishing, that sort of thing? I've seen, I've seen a little bit of that online. Is that something that you've, you've had to face? Um, so the first two Airstreams, I did not polish. Um, the 1970 Airstream, I decided to polish. <laughs> it's um, definitely a hard task, as I guess everything, every every single thing on an Airstream renovation is hard. Um, first, you have to remove the clear coat, and that was actually quite a bit harder of a task, in my opinion, than even polishing, um, because you have to use all these chemicals and you have to scrape away the with this chemical and try not to get it on your clothes and on your hands and, you know, try to clean it up. And so it's not like getting into your yard. And so removing the clear coat took a lot of time. It took significantly longer. I didn't remember reading anything about how difficult it was going to be to remove clear coat. <laughs> um, I, I tried multiple products. I eventually used or settled on the Rust-Oleum aircraft stripper that worked the best for me. I think I was a little bit disadvantaged because it was cold this winter, colder than normal. Mm-hmm. And um, it really requires warmer temperatures. So <laughs> there were times in the end, I was so frustrated. I just needed to get like the last little bit of clear coat off. I would take a heat gun and, <laughs> and just like keep scraping, like heating and scraping and heating and scraping. Just like these little areas to try to finish it. Um, the polishing itself, I used, um, a DeWalt polisher with a wool pad with, um, flash, I think it's called flash. It's a red bottle. Um, and then, so that's the first cut. And then the second, it was really only two. The second cut, I used the gem orbital with the new shine 
I think it's 11S, it's a green jar. Those are the two products. I actually tried several other products and techniques as well, but this was the one that worked the best for me. Do you feel that that was all worthwhile? Is that something you would do routinely or is that, it was, it was the payoff not worth the, the muscle that went into it? It's so much work. It, it was <laughs> just the polishing was two weeks plus the removing the clear coat was probably at least a week. So it's probably three weeks total of hard work. Um, I guess it makes sense financially to do it. It does add, I believe, like $7,000 of value in oh, your wow. appraisal. So it's, it's still worth it financially. <laughs> but maybe not sanity wise. I'm sure I'll take it on again. I'm just that crazy person. It's like, yep, I can do it. <laughs> and I'll do it again. And you said um, in that first renovation, you and your husband had to literally uh, like fabricate the metal pieces. How, how did you guys do that? Yeah. So the first, so we've done it twice. Um, The first one my husband and I did together. And then I actually fabricated the end caps on the 1970 by myself. Um, The first time we did it, he just looked on Airstream forums, got some dimensions. We went to an aluminum company um, and had them cut the pieces to the dimensions we asked for. And we, we just did it together. We just did each little panel at a time. We added like an inch in between each panel and somehow it, it worked. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the second time I did it by myself, I was much more confident because I had already been through it. Mm-hmm. Um, the second time I used Clicos, which was incredibly helpful. What's that? They're these little, <clears throat> it's a little like spring mechanism that temporarily holds two sheets of aluminum together. So there's a little Clico tool and you, you, so you drill your hole and then you put the Clico in and it will hold the two pieces of aluminum together before you actually permanently decide, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to rivet this together now and make it permanent. So that really, really helped, especially doing it by myself. I didn't have anyone else helping me. So that's definitely a tool that you need to have if you're planning to do any interior aluminum work. What are some other uh, mandatory tools for an Airstream remodel? You definitely need a rivet gun. I mean, the way that you secure two pieces of aluminum together is with a rivet. So you need a rivet gun. Um, We did the first renovation with a um, pneumatic rivet gun with an air compressor. Um, Definitely, it works great. The only downfall is you have this huge, clunky, like, big cord you're flopping around and the air compressor is also very loud. Mm-hmm. Um, you can hand rivet. There's a hand rivet tool that's going to be really, you could do a few like that. You know, if you're just trying to do something really quick, you could use a hand rivet tool, but it's, it hurts. Like you have to really squeeze it together. And if you're going to do 3000 rivets, there's no way you're going to hand rivet 3000, <laughs> 3000 rivets. Yeah. Um, I just bought a Milwaukee, um, handheld rivet gun that's battery operated and it's amazing <laughs> it's really simplified the the process um you just have to make sure it doesn't the little piece that comes out after you rivet that it doesn't get stuck in the little chamber but other than that so with the rivets is that is that an exterior that you're just worrying about that for exterior repairs or are you also riveting on the inside besides those aluminum caps is there 
Is there other rivet work? So they're all, everything is riveted. There's different, there's different types of rivets and rivet guns. The interior, you're going to have pop rivets. And then the exterior, there's several different, there's all different kinds, but um, the Airstream is going to come with the exterior rivets from the factory with buck rivets. So you need a different type of um, buck rivet gun in order to do the exterior rivets. I wouldn't be as worried about the exterior rivets if you're just getting into it. Um, you're definitely going to need like the interior pop rivets to get started. Um, another tool that you're going to need, of course, is a drill. You're going to need an eighth, one eighth inch drill bit because that's the size that's going to drill out a rivet if you need to remove everything in the interior. You need an eighth inch drill bit. You're probably going to need to grab like the entire like stack of <laughs> eight inch drill bits. They'll be breaking. And <laughs> Home Depot or Lowe's because they're going to break off and you're going to need all of them. <laughs> wow. So there's no screws. Nothing, nothing's coming down easy. It's all, it's all riveted in. I mean, you're going to have screws like in the wood that's in like the cabinetry if you have two pieces of wood that are coming together. But any time that you have anything going to the aluminum, it's going to be riveted. I use my orbital sander a lot for, you know, finished work. I, I like white interiors in my, in my build. So I sand aluminum and um, prime it and paint it. Um, so that's a really important tool with all different grades of Sandpaper. paper. Yeah. Yeah. So our 1997 actually had carpet on the walls. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was straight out in 1997. So there was carpet on the walls and there was vinyl on the ceiling. And removing that adhesive was really, really hard. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, it was like two weeks of scrubbing that adhesive, trying to get it off. You can use like a multi-tool with a scraper. Um, piece on the end of it, but it's still really difficult to remove. There's a lot of elbow grease that yeah, goes into. It I mean, like it. you're you're not making me want to take on an airstream anytime <laughs> soon. This is. <laughs> we thought about it last week too. There was a listing. We're like, hmm. We started looking at some YouTube videos, and April right away was like, no, let's just stick to travel trailers right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's expensive. Aluminum is expensive, so replacing any aluminum pieces. It's a big process. It's, I have no idea why I love doing it. <laughs> it's so hard, but. Do you have thoughts of taking on a different genre or are you just like, you're going to stay in this lane in the, in the Airstream lane, or do you have thoughts of doing a travel trailer or a different form of camper? You know, I had someone try to convince me to do a van, to do like a van build out. Yeah. And I just, I, I think they're cool, but my heart is really just, I don't know. There's something about Airstream that I love. I'm just, I'm an Airstream snob. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so um, have you experienced a lot of women towing? Do you tow by yourself? Yeah, I wanted, I haven't actually. I wanted to ask you about that because I've seen on your Instagram page a picture um, where you were saying I just towed like 683 miles and I think that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I was, I was terrified. So like I said, my husband grew up in Florida towing boats and fixing boats. So he's really excellent with, he's very comfortable towing anything. Mm -hmm. He's an ex, he's a professional. <laughs> <laughs> I did not grow up having that experience Same. and I was terrified. I was really scared, but, um, I eventually 
I started practicing just like in little, um, like in campgrounds, if there weren't a lot of, if we came to a campground when there weren't a lot of people around, if there was no one watching. <laughs> you're always fearing that somebody's watching you when you're back up. Like somebody's, somebody's looking and they're passing judgment. I feel that way. <laughs> so I had to be like, it had, the conditions had to be perfect. Like no one around, you know, plenty of space. Yeah. But I, I tried it several times and I watched my husband, you know, doing it all the time. So I think I, I learned a lot through just yeah. watching him do it every day. Um, but I have to tell you, the first time that I towed it any significant distance was almost a disaster. Um, so we were in Kalispell, Montana. We had just been at Glacier National Park and I was towing the Airstream by myself from Kalispell, Montana to Nehalem Bay State Park in Oregon. So this is like almost 700 miles that I was going to be towing. This is my first time. Where did everybody else go? <laughs> my husband had to, um, had to leave for his job. So he was gone. So do you, and you have the kids with you? The kids were with me. Yep. At the time we had one dog. So we traveled with my husband and I, we have two, the two girls and a dog and my husband was out at work. It was getting, so we planned our whole trip around being in the coldest places at the warmest possible time. Mm -hmm. And we were in Montana and it was starting to get cold and my husband was flying out. So I needed to basically get out of Montana because I didn't want it to be in freezing weather. So I started towing the Airstream. I was maybe like three miles from the campground. And previously, while I was in Montana, the GPS had taken me on dirt roads and magically popped me out onto main roads. And it was fine. <laughs> and you know, normally when you type in an address in your GPS, it calculates the route and the GPS will tell you if part of the route is the dirt road. You know what that happens? Mm -hmm. oh, GPS yeah. doesn't do that in Montana. It doesn't tell you if it's a dirt road when you're in the state of Montana. So I'm three miles away. I just left the campground and the GPS is telling me to turn down a dirt road. I'm like, okay, I just did this yesterday. It was okay. I'm just going to do it. I don't want to have to like do a U-turn or whatever. So I turned down this dirt road. <laughs> I drove down this dirt road for 10 miles going 10 miles an hour. <laughs> so it's like an the hour. Montana backcountry. I'm following the GPS time, 10 miles down this road. I didn't see one vehicle oh on my. this road. No, no other vehicles, no other campers, no houses. I didn't have any service, no cell phone service. <laughs> After 10 miles, I came to a sign that said, caution, narrow road, 18% grade, chains advised. Oh my gosh. Your heart had to just be racing. Oh. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I was like, oh, well, I know I can't continue. I can't do 18% grade. A narrow road with this airstream <laughs> so i first oh. tried to turn around there was like a little what used to be maybe a driveway but it had this like antique plow sitting halfway in the driveway so i tried using this little half driveway and i was not successful i tried maybe like i kept 
pulling in and backing up and there was a fence behind me on the other side. So I, it was not successful. And I tried and I tried and I tried and I finally just stopped the car and I started crying (laughs) and I turned around and I looked at the girls and they were just like staring at me like wide eyed. I was like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) And my daughter, she said, mom, is it really that difficult to turn this thing around? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, no, okay, I'll try again. (laughs) So I started backing up down the road, just like backing up in reverse. Yeah. And I eventually came to a Y in the road and I was able to back up down the other Y and turn around and finally got out. But that was my first towing experience. <laughs> but then meanwhile, you still have hundreds of miles to drive after that. <laughs> Over mountains and through passes. and I wasted oh, wow. two hours. I drove out an hour and back an hour. And I came back to the original place that I started from. And I still had 700 <laughs> miles to drive to Oregon. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But I made it. I didn't have any problems after that. I made it to... Nahilim Bay State Park. And now you comfortably tow on your own. I wouldn't say I'm 100% comfortable, but I know I can do it. (laughs) Um, If my husband's around, I prefer that he tows, but if he's not, then then I'll do it myself. Yeah, I towed from um, Chicago to Knoxville by myself. I towed from New Mexico, um, Albuquerque, New Mexico to Dallas by myself. So I've done several large stretches. That's awesome. (laughs) There's no challenge that you can't overcome, huh? Right. (laughs) Yes. With everything you've learned um, so far, you know, through all this renovation process and even just life lessons, because you've you've been throwing a lot of different curveballs. Like, what what do you think you're gonna? What do you look forward to like learning next? Like, what's the next challenge? You know, maybe it's in this business. Like, what what are you looking forward to taking on? I really want to learn to do a shell off restoration. So that's a huge task that I really know nothing about. So I'm still learning. I, I mean, I've done almost four renovations now, but I still really have no idea what I'm doing. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I'll learn as I go. Um, I'd like to get more comfortable with um, plumbing and I'd like to learn more electrical. And I'd really, my biggest thing that I'd like to do is I'd like to learn how to build my own cabinets. Um, I've been taking some woodworking classes and trying to watch, watch the process of the other cabinets being built by the contractor, but it'll take time. So, but um, word of advice, you're never too old and it's never too late. Never too old. It's never too late. So good that's words. great advice. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's some of our mantra too. So mm-hmm. this is a fairly new endeavor for us as well. You know, 2020 through us, through us similar curveballs and kind of similar businesses. And we had done, you know, a couple of renovations prior to that year for, for ourselves, you know, and then sold them consequently. But um, yeah, definitely when we jumped into this more as a, you know, a revenue stream, um, you know, we had limited background as well. And to learn as you go and to grow as you go. And I think whenever, you know, these obstacles and puzzles and all these things that we got to put together, I think we all hopefully end up better, better off, you know, mm-hmm. afterwards for having done them. Where do you see this business taking you? Do you have 
I don't know, like a goal as far as I want to renovate four airstreams a year or are you just kind of seeing where the wind takes you? I think my initial goal was to do three a year. I think that's a really, that's going to be a really tough goal to meet. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess it depends on what I'm actually doing for the renovations. If I'm just doing, you know, kind of cosmetic things or if I'm doing a full renovation, we'll see what happens right now. um, You know, I'm just really happy with being in something that I love to do, just pursuing my dream. My husband just unfortunately got laid off from his job, which has been kind of scary to try to start a new business and all of this um, after he lost his job. So when I first heard, heard about that, I felt like hiding in my bed with ice cream and Netflix and wine. (laughs) But, but, um, you know, I'm still really confident that this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And, you know, I made a choice to do what I love. Uh, Even in the face of fear, I'm going to keep moving forward. That's awesome. So are you going to put him to get him busy with the renovation then? (laughs) Or is he still hands off? Is he still not want much to do with them? He does help a little bit. I should give him a little bit of credit. (laughs) Uh, You know, if I get really stuck, there's been plenty of times that I'm like, I have no idea how I can't do this. (laughs) (laughs) What I really should say, it's not that I can't do it. I'm having trouble doing this. He's been there a lot to help me. Like I said, he's a good problem solver. So this isn't working. What's, (laughs) What's another way we can do this? And he figures it out. Good that you have him in your corner then. So yeah. it sounds like you're open to clients reaching out to you if you if they want to have an Airstream renovated. So I'm having trouble getting insurance for like business insurance coverage to do client builds. Um, but I'm definitely open to to doing more of them. Cool. Just have to do some more research in the insurance department. Do you have any experience with that? Have you guys done client builds? We haven't so far, no. So far, our business model is just to bend to buy and sell. But We've had people reach out, and then it just hasn't materialized. But, um, yeah, we just even – we haven't got to a point where we've even – fully investigated like you know what what are the differences you know from a business aspect you know to to taking a client build versus you know a a rehab and a sell on our own yes what kind of rvs do you guys renovate um so far we've just done travel trailers we're kind of um where we're able to renovate currently we have limited space on the side of our house so i don't know that we would be able to do like a fifth wheel per se but um yeah we've done like 33 foot travel trailers and smaller yeah it seems like bunk houses are a good idea we seem at least the majority of our uh, customers or the people that have bought from us or the people that have inquired generally you know have kids usually younger mm-hmm. but there's been some other you know young professionals or people that also want office set up so We've talked about doing, you know, office build-outs and that sort of thing, but none of those have materialized either. So it's new for us. We're starting, I think, number seven yes. right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're just in the beginning, beginning phases. So <laughs> congratulations. Yeah. Well, thank That's you. A lo- How long ago did you guys start? So we renovated our first travel trailer for ourselves to travel with our boys um, to Yellowstone and take like a big trip, and that was in. 2019 we had done a pop-up before that and we had uh like a tent trailer and you know we had taken that on a on a bunch of trips as well yeah and then as we kind of touched on when uh covid hit 
and we had to close our portrait studio. And then from there, we were just like, well, you know, we have all this creative things that we need to get out. So we might as well buy a travel trailer and and renovate one and yeah because yeah, for us too we were doing like a lot of corporate events as well so like for us usually first quarter and second quarter we're pretty busy and that's when you know the sh you know things really hit the fan and so all those all those kinds of events went off the calendar and we went from you know what would have been prospectively or like our busy time of year to just totally shut down so ha finding and having like a creative outlet you know eventually became a must like we just we didn't even realize it until we started doing it. When we started doing it, I think, you know, April was like, you know, we really, it's obviously we really needed something like this, you know, and it's it's been a fun outlet. Yeah. Are you ever going to take on an Airstream? I don't, after talking to you, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to say no, but I don't know. I, we get. It's it, intriguing. Yeah. And there's definitely, there's, it, we always have people that are kind of dropping us lines being like, well, if you ever do an Airstream, let us know. You know, maybe we'll just send them your way. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Miranda's got you covered. Sounds good. Like... <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think of Yellowstone? Was it amazing? Yeah, we had I a good go time. Back, yeah, it wasn't enough time. Right. Not enough time to see it all. But we were there for, I don't know, a week maybe? Something. I don't know. It was like a month trip. So it was um, also South Dakota and Yellowstone. And I would definitely, I would love to go back. Spend a lot of time. Did you guys stop there on your, on your travels? We did. Yeah. We focused a lot of our trip on national parks. Yellowstone mm -hmm. was one of my favorites for sure, because you've got Teton yeah. National Park right there. So you get two parks in one, and then you've got animal encounters daily with the bison and the bear. And then you also have this crazy, like, science geek geothermal activity so yeah. yeah it was really i loved yellowstone that was definitely one of my favorites on another side note like when you did you find it difficult to move your photography business are you still doing photography in in tennessee was that like tough to i really haven't been very successful um booking weddings in tennessee for some reason i've had a few but it was mostly you know we moved here doing covid so you know all of my weddings for 2020 were either canceled or rescheduled for 2021 yeah. um and then I just I didn't I never really booked a lot in Tennessee so I kind of just gave up trying after <laughs> after a while um and started to focus on on Airstream so I still have some weddings I have to come back for from contracts that were rescheduled from last year in southwest Florida yeah that's been a mess and we're still dealing through some mm -hmm. you know some of that still so this is so cool that we have this in common with weddings and renovating travel trailers like what are the chances it's a good skill set too to have for the before and after pictures yeah all the instagramming and all that sort of stuff so all these That's tools true. that carry forward yes yeah. true all right miranda um where can people keep up with your current projects where can they find you yeah so i post uh every day on instagram my Instagram handle is this little Airstream. So that's probably the most updated space you're going to see updates. And I think that's where you guys found me too. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate your time and yeah. sharing your story and your insight. And yeah. I think that seeing people like you who are, you know, are faced with, uh, you know, so many different curveballs in life, but able to like overcome them and, you know, move forward and keep pushing forward and find different areas to, to find happiness and success. I think that that's, that's, those are the kinds of stories that people need to hear. Yeah. So inspiring. You should be very proud. 
<laughs> Thank you. I'm so honored that you would even just reach out to me for you know, this opportunity. So thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks again to Miranda of Tennis Dream for sharing her story and perspectives. She's a wonderful photographer, so be sure to check out her photos and all of her excellent work. And if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe. Until next time, we look forward to bringing you more episodes with tips and stories that will help you give that RV a new look. Yeah.